You're listening to a 95 BFM podcast. From our studio to yours, it's Various Artists with Francis and Liam. Aha hi Maria tena koto katoa koliam toku ingoa. Ko Francis toku ingoa no mai hari mai ki various artists more tene wiki. Welcome along to various artists. My name is Francis and my name is Liam. We'll be with you for the next hour. This is your guide to the big wide art world of Tamaki Makoto and beyond for this week. We've got a few special guests in the studio, don't we, Liam? Yep, coming up for our first chat of the show, FIKINA, we will be chatting to Chinta, Chinta? Chinta, yes, I got it right that time. <laughs> Chinta and Gabby from the Altered Ego Market, which will be taking place at Nice Goblins on the 20th of August. What have you got coming up? I then speak with Tiakitai, Karen and Gervais about the Owairaka Community Club, a non-clinical creative space and community in Mount Albert for adults with lived experience of mental health issues. I've also had a chat with Will Greeson and Yulia Boscu from Without Appeal about their Garden to Banish Loneliness exhibition taking place in the window gallery of Studio 445. I also have a chat to Tafai Ricard, the recent winner of the National Contemporary Art Award, about his work that won. And I speak to Stephanie Post, director of ArtNow.nz, about their new art walks, taking us around public art in the city. And of course, we have your art guide for Tamaki Makoto this week. We'd love to hear your thoughts on these pieces. So it's a good part to him. You can text us on 5395 Why or give us a call in the studio. We are on 309 3879. As always, we'd love to hear from you. Also, after the show, koya e wariwari e ahiana koto te fakarongo ke ene korero ano he pakihere roki roki maronga iti paitukutuku o edirangi poho me hari ki ninety five BFM ere katikom. You can catch all these chats and more by podcast on the ninety five BFM website ninety five BFM dot com. Now Liam and I are going to do a little studio dance while my phone's ringing, and uh, we'll get into an interview. What's it all for? Various artists. All right, hello. There's a good element thing of we only have uh, three mics at the 95 BFM studio, unfortunately. So you have to do this little dance every once in a while. But uh, yeah, hello, Chinta and Gabby. How are you guys going? Kia ora. Kia ora. <laughs> yeah, we're going good. Awesome. Do you guys just want to quickly introduce yourselves and what you guys have been doing over the past few years in Tamaki Makoto before Altered Ego? Um, kia ora, ko Chinta Toku Ingawa. Um, my name is Chinta, I also go by Skimpy Nymph World, and uh, what have I been doing in Auckland, in Tamaki? Um, Just sort of what art practices and stuff? Uh, I've been working in film for the last six years, but took a, took a wee break and got back into uh, market selling, um, and that's how I met Gabby, um, and uh, yeah, kind of doing, doing all sorts, making sculptures, making sets, um, Making collars, uh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> Kia ora, I'm, I'm Gabby. I am just a multidisciplinary artist. Um, I have been doing markets since after the big lockdown. I kind of started taking art very seriously through that and um, yeah. <laughs> so you guys have come together for Alter Ego Market, which is taking place at Nice Goblins on the 20th of August, coming up quite soon. Uh, what was the original co-pop behind this project? What was your ideas for it come from? 
major ideas from it come from. I can speak very well. <laughs> um, so it uh, started from a conversation that Gabby and I had at um, a market together, uh, and we were talking about kind of, um, I don't know, the themes of our conversation were just around uh, how to live your most confident self. Um, and uh, yeah, so we started thinking about how there weren't actually that many markets over winter um, and that it could be cool to run one and run one that was like potentially themed. Um, yeah, do you want to talk more on that? Yeah, I think we were also thinking a lot about how a lot of the markets don't um, give space to a bit more like obscure artists um, and both me and Chinta's work is quite different mm. um, and so we really want to give more space to those kinds of artists and yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think um, we wanted to kind of create a space that was very queer friendly, very safe, um, also because both of us are kind of two awkward beans, <laughs> mm. um, get kind of overwhelmed at markets and it kind of seems to be like for a lot of artists that, um, you know, the work might be really out there, but like personally interactions and having to, um, yeah, like be in community with your art, like it's a beautiful thing, but it can also be really hard. Um, and so, yeah, we just wanted to make a fun, fun space that that can happen where people from who are like self-taught artists, as well as people who have been practicing for a while, um, can can share their work. Um, and yeah, more out the gate stuff. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and I mean the stuff that you've been sort of promoting and pushing for um, via your, via your Instagram, um, altered ego underscore market. Do the little plug for you there. Has been really pushing towards experimental fashion and things like that, like really encouraging people to dress up to a theme and things like that, which you don't really tend to see for these sorts of markets. I mean, the closest thing that you would get with people being at like conventions like Armageddon kind of dressing up in cosplay. Is that sort of something that came into it? Or, well, why did you try, why are you trying to push for these kinds of more experimental forms of fashion for people to come in through? Um, well, I think that your fashion is an expression of yourself in it's very artistic, it's very creative um, and I think that there is this space to be able to play a character that sometimes might help you express things that you otherwise might be anxious about and so that's also part of you know what we were talking about before where some artists find themselves feeling very anxious showing their art um, so it's yeah we just want to encourage dressing up and getting to be this alter ego or mm. other character mm. that you know brings something out of yourself and it's a non-judgment space um, for everyone and that's just what we we really want to encourage yeah yeah I think also um, like just thinking about clothing and fashion as like a form of I don't know a form of armor in some ways um, and yeah how uh, yeah, how to put, kind of push the boundaries of that. And I don't know, I think that like, I'd, uh, I'd like to be able to walk down the street and, and the things that I wear and like go super out the gate mm. on a daily basis um, without all the strange stares. So it's kind of like, we wanna kind of push, push against the like societal norms of everyday attire. And I see that happening like in Tamaki, like I always, whenever I'm out on Karanghape Road, like mm. you always see someone like looking super, super cool, super out the gate in their, in their own selves. And I think, 
kind of um, seeing people do that more encourages it more. Mm. Um, and yeah, so I don't know. I think also, yeah, me personally, I just, I love the idea of fashion kind of going down this like creature. Yeah, totally. Um, post-human um, realm. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so what can people properly expect on the night? Like we mentioned, it's at Nice Goblins from 7 to 9 p.m. There'll be market stalls. Do you have anything else going on? Um, yeah, we are still, still in confirmation around this, but we want to have some drag performances mm-hmm. as well at the end of the night. Um, and yeah, we've got a really lovely range of stalls from, um, we've got plushies, comics, candles, um, yeah, jewelry, jewelry uh, secondhand clothes, um, zines. Uh, yeah, it's like a really, and, and the Nice Goblins is going to be um, tattooing there as well. Mm. Um, yeah, big shout out to Nice Goblins as well because they um, they have like a bit of a similar co-papa in terms of um, really non-pretentious uh, tattoo studio that yeah. like helps to give um, give platforms to like local illustrators and stuff uh, with their flash flash collabs and yeah. yeah we really really love that. Yeah. yeah, and just quickly uh, before we close out on the interview, what are your plans for Alter the Ego after this event? Do you want to do some more in the months afterwards? Yeah, we're hoping to have it as a monthly event. Sick. We we have a lots of different ideas, um, <laughs> and hopefully we can put some of them to action. But yeah, we definitely want to do a lot more. Mm. Yeah, yeah, more markets, maybe workshops. Yeah, just like. Uh, kind of building building some community with local local artists and yeah awesome well it's been so lovely to have you guys on thank you so much for coming on um just one last time where can people go to learn more information or where can people go to go to the event itself um so people can go to at altered ego underscore market <laughs> um, on, instagram. on instagram and um or either uh hit up at Skimpy Nymph World on Instagram or at Almond Sugary. Sugary. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. This has been such a lovely chat. Thank Yay, you. Thank you. Awesome. We'll be back with another interview after this, after these messages. 95 BFM is given birth. The dance floor is the daddy and the baby's name is B-Rave. So come celebrate our new bundle of joy with us. 95 BFM B-Rave, presented by Under the Radar at the Mothership, Friday, August 25th. B-Rave. Pre-sales available now to B-Card holders at undertheradar.co.nz. The Winter 2023 edition of Art News Aotearoa is now in stores. New Zealand's leading contemporary art magazine is here to help warm your winter days with the hottest scoops of art. Only 15 bucks from all good art stores or online at artnews.co.nz. Join the Auckland Philharmonia Orchestra for Carnival of the Animals at the Auckland Town Hall, August 12th. Get ready for a zany zoological adventure with Auckland's favourite high-energy comedy dance troupe, Dynamotion. Putting on a fresh and fun performance of St. Son's Musical Menagerie. Featuring Chris Parker, Alice Canton and Tom Sainsbury. The Auckland Philharmonia Orchestra, Carnival of the Animals at the Auckland Town Hall, Saturday, August 12th, 11.30am and 2pm. For tickets and more info, go to apo.co.nz. Only positive critiques. Honest. Various artists.
You're indeed back on various artists with Francis and Liam. The Uwaraka Community Club is a non-clinical creative space and community in Mount, uh, Mount Albert uh, for adults with lived experience of mental health issues. Uh, the mahi they do is really awesome. So yesterday I caught up with the team from the club to hear about that work and some other initiatives going on around the city to support them. Here they are now. I'm Karen and I am the manager here for Uwaraka Community Club. Kia ora, I'm Tiaki Tai. I am a support worker slash art facilitator slash club member here. Kia ora, Francis. Um, it's Karen here who you've been emailing with and I'm the community liaison um, for the club. Kia ora, my name's Jade and I am a support worker at the club and a facilitator as well. Kapai, oh, great to meet you all. What, what I'll do is I have a, quite a, a few questions, um, but it's really an open floor for you to let me and listeners know uh, what you do at the community club. So I, I'll ask you questions and then leave it over to you guys to play a bit of answering volleyball, if, if that sounds like a, like a good way to tackle it to you. Yeah. Yeah, sounds cool. good. Cool. So to start off, um, do you want to explain to me what the Oaraka Community Club is? What do you do? So we provide a space uh, for people uh, to create art, people specifically with, with maybe a mental illness, and for them to be able to create art, be part of a community and... Um, there's an emphasis on self-sufficiency, so getting them to gain independence and confidence and in, in the things they do, and, and most importantly, to be part of a community. What does that look like in terms of how a week runs in the club? Well, we would we run a a bunch of different programs at the club with different types of activities for example on a monday we have a cooking group on a tuesday with a shared lunch and on a tuesday we have a craft session and our wednesdays thursdays and fridays we'll have um our tutor come in who does uh mahi toy and pacifica arts with us um and all the time that that's happening we're also um running various other arts projects and activities with a focus though on um, person-centred work so we like people to come in it's a drop-in service so you don't have to come and do a class or anything like that we just encourage you to find something that you enjoy doing and we'll support you in doing it really I forgot to mention our writing group on a Thursday which is a pretty amazing group We'd love to hear maybe from Gervais about what one of those sessions in particular might look like. Um, how's that run? Who comes along? Um, and how, how is it facilitated? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, for example, our art session is a bit like an open house kind of thing. Um, if someone comes along, um, usually they'll come along and have a couple of visits before they commit to coming just to see what they like and whether we fit them. And then we encourage them to, first off, just to be in the space. That can be big enough for a lot of people. Just being here can um, take a little time, and that's a success in itself. For some individuals, just to be here is, is quite a big deal. 
And then from there, what I myself might do is offer them different kinds of materials to explore and different ways just to start off that they can use those materials and express themselves. And the idea is to make art and other activities accessible enough that people can feel like they can engage in a non-judgmental environment. And we really enjoy playing with materials and just seeing what they can do. Um, You don't have to have any kind of art experience to come along. And we support people just to explore and um, even change, you know, cross over and use lots of different materials in different ways. And um, during that process, uh, people find that being in a group, they um, start to communicate and chat to each other. And it really is a good way of breaking down barriers with people. Mm. And people come back and, you know, enjoy playing. We're a little bit like an adult kindergarten in some way. Awesome. (laughs) Tiakata, I'd love to hear from you about your experience. I understand you are a kaimahi, but did you start off as a member? Yes, I started off as a member um, back in 2018. Now, it was under different management then, um, but I've been coming here on and off for about five years. And um, my experience as a member is it's given me a lot of confidence in not just doing art, but being around people and I think um, that's a, that's an experience for a lot of our um, club members uh, because you know some of these people may have severe anxiety or, mm. or, or some something else like that and um, just being in here and being around people is really good for them like today we had the uh, creative writing group um, and I, I don't work on Thursdays, so I was there as a member. And what was really great is we had a, a new uh, club member come in, and um, he was very shy, and through the creative writing group, he was able to explain what he felt he needed to explain about himself and express himself in, in an honest, non-judgmental way. and. I think the other side of being a club member here is you can come here on a bad day and you you know there there's a there's a level of emotional support you get as well and it's um as well as well for people who who do not have who don't have jobs mm. it's a it's a good way to create routine for them and then some of those people they'll go on to get jobs because they've gotten used to having a routine of getting up and getting here every morning. So I think uh, those are some of the benefits of being a club member here. Obviously, you know, something of this, I guess, scale and consistent programming can't run itself without without some funding. So, so how have you guys uh, funded your club? Because I understand you have free membership and free art materials for members, which is awesome in, in breaking down any barriers. Um, but how has that come to be? Um, so I'll, I'll step into that. Um, answer and that is the we are very fortunate that we're funded by Te Whatu Ora and we over COVID also got extra funding for three years from the Ministry of Culture and Heritage so Te Whatu Ora funded us way back in the day when um, deinstitutionalisation happened 
and the club was started up by a social worker who knew and was a Methodist church who knew that there was a need in the community for people who were coming out of Carrington and Oakley. So then the Ministry of Health back then went and um, funded for, I think, one morning a week. So <laughs> we've grown quite considerably 30 years on to now running four days a week. And the the Ministry of Health, Papu Order funding is, is, is consistent and permanent. So we are very, very lucky. Um, that funds us for three days a week. And then the Ministry of Culture and Heritage funds us for the extra fourth day plus extra tutors that we've now got. So yeah, we're very, very fortunate space. Hmm. And, and what does it mean to, to have that funding and have, have that backing behind you? Well, it just means we, we don't have, have to have a funding officer <laughs> to try and find funding for us. Hmm. And um, it gives us consistency and permanency and we know in advance what we can offer our members and we can plan in advance for materials and for staffing levels and so forth. Um, I mean, there's always so much more we want to do and, you know, we are always, you are always constrained by the amount of money you've got in the bank. Mm. Um, and it's usually you want to do more than what you can, but I think it's important for us to always look ahead and, and go, well, this is where we'd like to be maybe in five years time and can we work towards that? So, yeah, well, we just keep on, I keep plugging away at the ministry for every now and again for more funding and when they have it available, they um, they may email me and go, hey, we've got a bit of extra. Mm, so yeah, awesome. but I think if you run a really efficient service and one that's actually providing, meeting a need and doing a good job at it, then the the funders look at you in a good way. I, I was going to ask why you think spaces like your own are important, but I think that's really been answered in, in the undertones of everything we've, we've spoken about this afternoon. So I guess my, my final question to uh, all of you is if there's someone out there listening that wants to come along, uh, become a member of the club or just try it out, um, where can they go to do that and, and what would your encouragement be to them? If there is someone out there that would like to come along, we are centrally based in Oraka, Mount Albert, um, and we do we are we do have a catchment area that we're funded for, and that is the central Auckland um, kind of DHB, ADHB, the old ADHB catchment area. Mm. Um, so we can't take people from Monaco or um, West Auckland per se, but you can self-refer. So you can come in, have a visit. Have a look around, we'll show you around. If it's something that you feel you could engage with, then you come along for a few sessions and just a couple of weeks, see if it's your thing. And then you might say, yes, I want to sign up as a member. Also, some of our members have support teams and clinical support workers. They are able to also um, refer their people to us as well. So it's a really simple process and very little paperwork. I think I'd like to add on to that as well. If there is someone who wants to come along here, you know, there's um, there's there's nothing intimidating about it. It's just you can come here. You don't have to do art if you don't want. You can just come here, have a cup of coffee, and and um, just you know, we 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 want people to take things at their own pace. 
and it's a nice uh, sort of medium-sized intimate space that um, I think is very welcoming. Mm. We also um, like to cater for people who struggle with noise. Yeah. Mm. Um, so we have our big main art area in the hall, the main hall part of our building. Um, and, and there is another area which is a quiet room for mm. those who struggle with mm. um, being in crowds or loud, noisy spaces. So we try and fit around what people need um, in order to be able to attend comfortably, really. And we're always kind of flexing and shifting and um, trying to improve. If people give us feedback, um, then we try to accommodate that feedback. So it's not sort of an up and then situation here. Mm. We really, really can't encourage people enough to participate in what we're doing. Mm. I just wanted to add something on the other Karen. Yes. <laughs> just before we finish, I mean, in terms of people checking us out, you know, that's been explained. But I was just thinking um, the Grayland Community Centre mm. has a diverse range of um, artworks that are um, being exhibited there and people can go and check that out and all the artworks that are sale and all the money that is made from the sale of the artworks go to the member. Oh, great. And, and also we're involved um, as part of the creative writing class in the Zine oh. Fest, which is happening, as you probably know, at the Auckland Art Gallery on Sunday and so yes. there's um, a zine that has come out of the creative writing class that's going to be um, on sale there as well. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, and we are always kind of looking out for other spaces in which we can exhibit and also, um, you know, sell members' works. Um, so, yeah, and we celebrated Matariki and had an exhibition um, here and that was really well sort of attended and lots of works got sold which oh, is fantastic. really and you know really positive for people's sense of self um as much as just the process of creating the art as well yeah absolutely and that's that's a an yeah. encouragement to listeners to get along to the the grayland community center um and head to the zine fest this weekend as well that was a team from the Uwaraka Community uh, Club talking with me about their mahi. If you do have any thoughts on that piece, you can text in. We are on 5395, and as always, we would love to hear from you. Various artists with Francis and Liam. So you can go to the opening for more than just the snacks. Last night at Studio 445 on Kangahape Road, the Without Appeal Collective's A Garden to Banish Loneliness window exhibition had its opening night. The exhibition will be on until the 16th of August and explore collaborators Will Greeson and Yulia Boscu's take on a futuristic sci-fi landscape that reassesses the optimistic futuristic fiction that used to be in place. I had a chat with the GO to learn more about the exhibition and what went into it. Hi, I'm Leah um, Boschko. I'm a visual artist originally from Galatia, Romania. Um, my family moved to Cluj in the recent years, so I'm calling myself a Transylvanian now because that area is really ripe with tradition and myth that I'm really fascinated by. And that is kind of like my contribution to Without Appeal. Uh, kia ora, my name is Will Griffin. I am from Tamaki Makoto originally. Uh, and I come from predominantly a sound and music background, and I think that that's the, the bulk of what I bring to Without Appeal comes from that. 
So what can you tell me about what Without a Peer? What is this collective to you guys? But the first thing that we should probably say is that uh, Leah and I are romantic partners as well as um, creative practitioners. And we started Without Appeal um, sort of as an exercise in bringing our creative practice together and exploring what the, that collaboration would look like. Um, we met in London in 2015, which anyone who knows anything about British politics knows is not necessarily a great time to be in the UK, particularly as immigrants. And so the other important thing about Without Appeal was really it became the framework for us to negotiate some of the things that were happening in our lives at the time and our sort of experience of home or perhaps lack thereof in some <laughs> cases. And so that those, those are maybe the two most important things to say about Without Appeal at this stage. What are the sort of things that you guys have been doing within this collective? I mean, the main thing that we, we like to say about the collective is that most of our projects are multidisciplinary because we come from these different creative backgrounds. We're with visual art, myself with sound. Both of us are writers in different ways. Both of us have worked with photography in quite different ways. Um, so the projects that we've done have kind of traversed all of these different mediums. We've done publishing projects. We've done performance. Uh, we've done uh, visual shows that use, utilize a variety of different media, particularly collage is very important to what we do is Without Appeal, both visually but also sonically. And then when it comes to A Garden to Banish Loneliness, this is your new exhibition that will be taking place in the Studio 445 Window Gallery from First Thursdays coming up this week uh, for when we're recording it tomorrow, when people are going to hear this yesterday. Uh, and then it'll continue on until the 16th of August. What can you tell me about this exhibition? The title draws inspiration from my experience growing up in Romania. My grandparents live in this tiny village in the east of the country, and I used to spend every summer there and, you know, like reading, playing, and just helping out in their garden. And for me, that garden was such a huge part of my childhood. It was almost like this other entity that was ever present in my childhood. Apart from being a magical sanctuary where I could just retreat in my, in my books, it also offered my whole family shelter and sustenance. You know, like their house was built from the soil it stood on and we were growing all our own food. You know, if we needed to fix a crack in the wall, we'd go to the patch of clay at the back of the house. And if we were sick, we'd have medicinal plants and herbs that we would make teas out of. And I think that was a really big part and just kind of like this, this connection and being both in service to this land, but also being sustained by it was a really big part of it. And, you know, as I, as I was reflecting back on that, I started thinking that now we're increasingly losing this connection to our immediate environments and, you know, to nature in general. And I think we've been, you know, we've been thinking a lot about this just this loss of connection and one of the terms that we've been returning to a lot that speaks to this and its consequences is solastalgia and that's usually described as the homesickness you have when you're still at home and your home environment and your lived experience in that environment becomes 
this kind of like ongoing existential distress that's caused by climate and environmental change. And I think that was really like the, the tension between these two was really the starting point of that. What came up when we were talking about this work was um, this kind of interesting dynamic that exists within science fiction where, you know, on the one hand, if you look at science fiction sort of over the last, I mean, you know, some of the most famous science fiction films are from the sort of late 60s, like, say, 2001, which was 1968. It reveals something about how we see the future. But at the same time, it can also reveal something about ourselves in the present. And it's interesting that if you look at some of the classic science fiction films, whether it's something like, you know, 2001 or maybe like Blade Runner, which I think is 1982, or even something that's kind of different, like uh, like something like Back to the Future 2, which I remember watching as a kid, which is like 1989. There's this really interesting optimism in these films, right? Like we're on hoverboards and there's flying cars and there's, you know, deep space mining and all of this kind of stuff. I mean, even if you go on Netflix now and you look at some of the recent titles for science fiction films, it's like Extinction, Oblivion. Uh, you know, there's these, these really annihilation. annihilationism. Yeah, this, these really distressing kind of ideas that we've we've sort of abandoned this uh, optimism. And right now, it seems like there's this really gnawing kind of pessimism. And so I think what's interesting for us to think about is, you know, if we're thinking about the future, how do we see our future, and what what do we want from our future? Um, I think a lot of this, we should say, as well, in particular, more recent work that we've done has been really informed by the recent heavy weather events in Tamaki Makoto, the rain, the cyclone that came through, and and kind of stepping back in a way to kind of look at where we are now and where we want to be in the future. To, to me, I think to both of us, the, the installation work in the window gallery at 445 is is this work that has two kind of modes. You know, if you see it in daylight, it looks almost a little dystopian. Um, for people who haven't seen it, in front of the work is this makeshift forest of branches, and they're actually from a tree outside the back of where we live that collapsed during the weather events earlier in the year. And it looks a little dystopian and a little sort of like post-nuclear fallout, but at night, with the addition of these pink grow lights, it takes on this whole other character and it kind of symbolizes that maybe there is there is potential for growth and renewal and and a and a, a different sense of what's possible in the future if we make choices now. Yeah. What has it been to work with Studio Four Four Five and Deborah Crow on bringing this project to a reality? The the work itself is really um, a collaboration between the two of us. We're we're really indebted to to Deborah and Studio Four Four Five for allowing us the opportunity to. Uh, to work with them. Studio 445 is a, a private artist studio, but they occasionally use it for private uh, events. So it's not a, a gallery in a, in a traditional sense. It's really a, a unique opportunity that we've we've been able to negotiate with Deborah. Yeah. Uh, I think they, they try and make a point to invite other artists and to support other artists to show work, maybe even work in progress, which was really interesting for us because this is the first iteration of this idea we'd like to grow it into a bigger more immersive installation i think that would be really interesting with that sort of being said what do you think is next for without appeal after this i think uh if i'm honest <laughs> it's kind of unromantic as it sounds i feel like a lot of reading because we've, we've really kind of only scratched the surface of some of the ideas that we want to explore 
uh, with this particular project. There are um, there are other projects kind of in the works, but we you know we we kind of want to see how we feel about this in the in the weeks afterwards, and and as our hopefully as our knowledge about some of these things expands. Um, to sort of see how those ideas evolve before we we bring them into uh, into sort of a public space again. This is this is very much like a work works in progress, ideas in progress kind of situation for us. Yeah, so I think we're really curious to see um, how the conversations we have around these works will evolve and what direction they might lead us in. If people want to keep in the loop of Without Appeal and everything that you guys will be doing in the future, where can they go? Is there anywhere online that they can keep updated? I would probably say withoutappeal.org. Our website would be the best resource for that because there we try and go into a little bit more detail about some of the thinking behind some of our projects. Um, and I think that would just be the best the best source for them. There's also quite a good archive of previous projects, so you can kind of see where some of these ideas maybe began in other spaces and how they've evolved to the to the most recent work. That was Will Greeson and Yulia Boscu from the Without Appeal Collective chatting about A Garden to Banish Loneliness. That exhibition will be on until the 16th at Studio 445 on Klangahape Road. You are on Various Artists. Be sure to text in any of your thoughts about these pieces to 5395. We'll be back after these messages. Hey, what's happening at Ponsonby Social Club this week? DJ Shefu and TDK. And tomorrow, DJs Junior and Katia. Same old Ponsonby Social Club, 152 Ponsonby Road. Well, yeah, I wish I could go out clubbing more, but... <laughs> I become a monster at midnight. Really? Really? I mean, who? Good, but once 12 o'clock comes around... Same. Really? Oh, I thought I was alone. I get so grumpy after 12. Oh, grumpy. Yeah, that's what I meant. Midnight Club, perfect for midnight monsters. Just like a regular club night, but earlier. 7pm to midnight. Be at Midnight Club launch party, Saturday, August 5. Rainham Park on Karangahapi Road. Featuring all-star DJs lineup, Dick Johnson, General Lee and Ruby Lee. Midnight Club launch party, Saturday, August 5. Rainham Park, tickets from Eventbrite. Ow, my back. What happened? I slept on the floor. Why? I don't know how to wake up on the right side of the bed. Is it my right side or my left side? Always wake up on the right side with the 95 BFM wake up call. Tune in at 7.25 on Breakfast with Rachel for your chance to win a voucher for six coffees thanks to Atomic. Just text the word Atomic and your B card number to 5395 to go in the drawer. The 95BFM Wake Up Call, thanks to Atomic Coffee Roasters. Hi, I'm Ken. Hi, Ken. It's been six months since I've listened to gin. I'm not going to lie, I still miss it. The feeling when the primo tunes are pouring out, the smooth grooves, the weird songs that have got flute in them. Hey, what's that in his ear? M my ear? No, what? That's a headphone. No, no, no. This no. guy's hurting some gin right now. No, 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 it's out on us. If this guy's going to have some gin, I want some too. No, no, you've got to Everyone loves a bit of gin, and no one's going to blame you if you take an earful every Tuesday from 1 till 4. Gin plays all the good notes that go down easy with a lingering vibed out aftertaste. The Tuesday 1 to 4 with Gin, thanks to the same old Ponsonby Social Club. Oh, don't suffer for your art, chat. Various artists with Francis and Liam. 
Tauranga artist Tafai Ricard has won this year's National Contemporary Art Award for his installation Scenes from a Victorian Restaurant. Yesterday, I had the pleasure of speaking with Tafai about the work, its meaning and his process in making it. Here we are now. Oh, well, it's uh, it's really special to be talking with you, Tafai. Um, just straight off the back of you winning the uh, National Contemporary Art Award, it's really huge. And I'd just like to talk to you today about the work. Um, obviously, I haven't got to see it in person, but it's, um, yeah, it's, it's really quite incredible and, and very well deserved. So would you like to start off by explaining what you entered into the award? Okay. Uh, well, first of all, my style is a, is a collaboration of uh, Victorian Baroque architectural elements, and I, I couple that with the figurative painting of uh, within my ancestral house uh, in Ruatoria, Hinetapura is the name of the ancestral house, it's the name of an ancestor, and it's the figurative paintings within the Whareduri or Whare Tipuna Ancestral House. And coupling those two elements is a uh, collaborative expression of our bicultural uh, history, our bicultural uh, relationship between uh, Māori and uh, originally the British, uh, British Empire. And it also branches out into multiculturalism after that. Now the work, the work is called uh, "Scenes from a Victorian Restaurant," and if you think it sounds familiar, it is because I was influenced. I'm influenced by pop art in my uh, in my approach, particularly uh, British and New Zealand pop art, in, the, in accordance with that bicultural relationship. But uh, it's actually uh, an ode to the song from Billy Joel, Scenes from an Italian Restaurant. Uh, so what I have is a series of paintings on the wall, and in front I have a table and chairs. And the table and chairs speak of uh, communication, sitting down, talking uh, things over. Um, because I believe uh, we've kind of gone away from our foundation in this country, which has started off as a bicultural nation. And we've, uh, in a way, in a sense, we've left all that behind, and that includes uh, Te Te or Waitangi, uh, the Treaty of Waitangi, and just the uh, subsequent relationship from that point up to now. And so it's the the table and chairs speaks of an abiding invitation to come back to the the, the conversation again. Um, um, so it's it's actually um, a installation uh, within the gallery that uh, is uh, symbolic of a restaurant scene, if you like, and. Um, yeah, so that's basically in a nutshell what it is. I can't explain any further than that, but it's you know Baroque architecture and figurative painting, a mixture of those two. Melanie Oliver, who's uh, one of the, the judges for the award, says that it 
it speaks very clearly to the most pressing issues of our time and the bicultural foundation foundations of Aotearoa which um, you've just spoken v- very clearly about and um, what was the process like to develop the work or, or how did you come to the resolved installation yeah well I've always um, as mentioned I've, I've, I've stuck to that line of, of thought uh, which I feel is very important, uh, being uh, the relationship, bicultural relationship, and the foundations of this country, and not forgetting uh, that foundation. And so just uh, reminding people, I, I suppose, of, um, of those past times and what we can learn from it, uh, coming back to the table again and communicating and working together uh, from that foundation. Uh, so that's a, that's a big uh, conceptual approach for me. Other than that, there's the aesthetic style that I use and really wanted to press that uh, forth uh, using my practice as an artist and whatever influence I might have and just basically enjoying what I do and just having that message of goodwill with my, um, my work towards, um, towards all men, all, con- all, all people of all countries. And, yes, just, um, just uh, creating work, I suppose, in that, in that vein. I've been doing some reading around the work and, you know, people have started writing about it, as happens um, when you win something like this. And I've seen some people describe the work as brave. Do you consider the work brave or why do you think it's been described in that way? Brave, that's a new one uh, for me. <laughs> I, yeah, I, 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 I'm not sure, but it's in the eye of the beholder. I mean, people, they... they they talk to me about my work and they see things in my work that only they can decipher. And that's the beauty of what I do. It's, I'm not trying to make it any one thing. It's, I guess it's, in a way, it's kind of universal, but very uh, uh, localised, if you like, to our country. And what well, if they see it as being brave, uh, no one's really said that before or explained that in, in, in words to me. The first I've heard of it from you. Yeah, <laughs> I just, okay. I, I, yeah, I, I think it was um, speaking about uh, your work in particular, but also about a nature, the nature of a lot of the works that um, were submitted. It was a huge a huge competition there were 420 works submitted and then yours was selected out of 41 finalists so i guess it's it's no trivial thing i i don't like to ask the question what does winning an award uh like this mean to you but i guess in asking that question which i will i'm trying to ask (laughs) what what does it mean in terms of opening the conversation or having the kaupapa behind your work being recognized as the most important um of all of those works well well you know it's it's important it i i realize it's um a prestigious award and from that uh it opens it opens another door 
and throws uh, another spotlight on, on what I'm doing. And the message in my work, the narrative or the corridor is very important. Um, you know, you can, make, you can make money off your artwork. Uh, you can become really well known. Uh, for me, that's, that's, um, that's wonderful. Right? But what's more important is that the message, the very reason why I'm doing it in the first place, uh, starts to get some um, recognition and builds momentum and more people get to to hear and see what I'm doing and um, that's that's very rewarding. That was Tafai Ricard, winner of this year's National Contemporary Art Award, talking with me about scenes from a Victorian restaurant. Te Papa Rahi Toi Māori Walks in the City are eight walks from Art Now New Zealand, showcasing 60 locations where you can view private and public art, urban and architectural design and sites of significance. Art Walks also features four gallery walks, each mapping out the locations of the galleries in different parts of the city so you can gallery hop in the city centre. Art Walks are new to Art Now, uh, so to hear about them and how we might go about taking an art walk, I caught up with Art Now director Stephanie Post. Here we are now. So to start off with, do you want to explain uh, to any listeners out there that don't know what Art Now is, what you do? Yeah, artnow.nz is a one-stop listing site for contemporary art exhibitions, events, news, art books and limited edition artworks right across Aotearoa. And, and, and it's all online on a website. And, and why did Art Now start? Um, it started because we felt it was really hard for people to find out what was on where, unless you were really in the know or had a lot of time. Um, there was nowhere to find out, you know, what was on all the galleries around you. And there was not an easy way to search for it. Look, if you were in Wellington or Dunedin or Christchurch or Auckland as to what's on now. And it's a really, really well-used resource now. Um, and yeah. you've just released Art Walks for Tamaki Makoto, Auckland. Um, can you explain what Art Walks are? Yeah, it's. Um, we thought, you know, when you, well, whether in your own city or if you're visiting somewhere, it's sometimes nice just to have a kind of chance to self-guide, walk around the city where you're going from sort of public artwork to public artwork. And um, it seemed like an easy thing to do, to have a map that you could view on your phone. And each time you got, you know, and it pointed out where things were. And each time you got to it, you could have a little read about what, what, what it was and who the artist was. And, you know, and then move on in your own time. It's a sort of way of exploring the city sort of through art. And, and how have you structured the walks? I can see a few different ones on the website around the city. So, so how did you um, put those into packages? Well, we worked with um, Auckland Council, who'd already put the um, Te Papa Rahi Toimari city walks in place, but they had them as, um, and they still have them as booklets. But this is a kind of easy, easy access. You don't have to go and pick up a booklet don't have to have it with you it's all on your phone and so they they had sort of they've chosen the walks and then we've added on some other ones which are gallery walks so if you're on k road or in the city center 
you can sort of easily find out what the galleries around you are and then you can check out whether they've got something on and go and see them if you want to. Mm. Have you been out and, and tested the walks yourself or has have members of your team? Yeah, we've, we've done uh, not all of them. <laughs> There's um, 12 of them up there. Yeah. We only launched it about what a week or so ago. But yeah, we've tried some of that. It's Look, it's a really fun way to see the city. You know, in between you walk and you talk and you look. You can stop for a coffee, all of that kind of thing. But, you know, it's it's a fun way to kind of learn about your city. Why why do you think it's important to make contemporary public art accessible um, through tools like this? Well, it's there and it's, you know, the art's there. It's there to be enjoyed. Um, it often relates to wherever it's, it's cited. It's often um, site-specific. Yeah, it just seems, you know, it seems like a nice way to explore. If people or listeners want to go and access the art walks and maybe do some this weekend, or one mm. perhaps is realistic, um, where can they go to do that? How can they get a hold of them? They simply go online, www.artnow.nz. It'll come up with a menu with exhibitions, events, news, etc., and you click on the walks. And then they're simply there on your phone, on your on your desktop, on your iPad, whatever. And um, you just choose one for where you want to be and follow it. That was Director of Art Now, Stephanie Post, speaking with me about art walks. It's the 95 BFM Art Guide on various artists. It's paintings in that. On Ramadan Friday, the 4th of August. Tonight is the last night that you can see a very Jed Parsons Christmas at Basement Theatre. You can catch that show tonight at 8pm. Today is the last day to see Time Is Not Linear and Love Never Leaves Us, a show at the George Fraser Gallery on Princess Street. Also tonight and tomorrow are the last couple of nights that Basmati Bitch is showing at Q Theatre. These shows have been added due to popular demand and rave reviews going through a futuristic Aotearoa where ex-MMA fighter discovers you can't ever really escape the past. Both shows will be at 7pm. On Rahoroi Saturday the 5th and Atapu Sunday the 6th of August, Auckland Zine Fest is here. This weekend at Toyo Tamaki, the Auckland Art Gallery, multitudes of Tamaki Makoto and beyond's greatest artists, creatives and zine makers will be sharing some incredible wares. Also tomorrow, Soft Sea Salt will be opening from 5pm at the Easel Gallery near Victoria Park. Featuring works from Daisy Nichols, Kiki Hall and Goose Apartment, that'll be on from 5pm. On Ra'apa Wednesday, the 9th of August, keeping in the Auckland Zine Fest theme, the Drawers Cartooning Workshop will be on with artist Josh Nelson from 6.30pm. Sign-ups are at aucklandzinefest.com. If you have an event, exhibition or anything else that you want to get onto the art guide, you can get in touch with us at arts at 95bfm.com. That was the 95BFM Art Guide. Various Artists with Francis and Liam. Ko ere te hōtaka katoa mō tēnei wiki nei te mihiki e koutou katoa e kōrero mai ki o mō tēnei rā. That's all for us on Various Artists for today. A big mihi to those who chatted with us, Te Akitai, Karen and Gervais from the Oairaka Community Club, Stephanie Post and Tafai Ricard. And on my end, Chinta and Gabby from the Altered Ego Market and Will Grayson and Yulia Bosku from the Without Appeal Collective. Nei rā hoki te mihiki e koutou e whakarongo ana. Thanks so much 
much for tuning in. We really appreciate having your company on the show with us. Remember, you can listen back to all of those interviews and more at 95bfm.com. Ka hoki mai matoa a tere wiki. Next up is Land of the Good Groove. You are listening to 95BFM. was a 95BFM podcast. Support 95BFM with a B-card. Go to 95BFM.com slash sign up.